When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 310 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. This is Adam. I forgot to say it's presented by Overdrive, but if you've listened to any of them, you know that by now. Um, this is Adam. Jill's over there. Hi, Jill. Hi. And we have two other people in here, and I hate when podcasts do the thing where they talk for like 11 minutes before they introduce <laughs> the guests and they're just I imagine just staring at them like Kristen's doing to me right now so Kristen and Emma are with us so hello ladies hi hey how's it going first one was Emma second one was Kristen uh so we are going to do some recommendations for our professional book nerds 2019 reading challenge today and we thought we'd enlist two more librarians into the the mix I, I do want to re reclarify because there's been like some write-ups lately again that have been talking about the podcast, which is great, but they just say that we're both librarians, and I don't feel like I can take credit for that because I'm not. I didn't do all the schooling you guys did. I'm librarian adjacent, so three <laughs> librarians enough. and an Adam. It's like a crappy sitcom. <laughs> um, I'm uh, technically not a librarian either. Oh, what? I have a master's, but not an MLIS. I, so. know. Oh. I knew that. Uh, yeah. Wow. But, you know um, what? Just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole life is a lie. No, oh, no. I give her permission <laughs> to stay. Okay. All right. I did do additional schooling. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't even do, like, word one of the library schooling. So <laughs> I'm making it work. Uh, okay. So before we do stuff, Jill, do you want to tell people where they can get a hold of us? Because I know I will forget if we don't do it up the top. Sure. They can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. From there, they can get all of our social links. We are on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. Yep. Oh my gosh, at the moment there, we could not remember. Uh, you can get to our Viber community from there as well and chat books with all of us and others. And be sure to email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Nailed it. Okay, so uh, for people that might not know, we are doing a reading challenge in 2019, similar to like Book Riot or Goodreads or any of the, of the other places. Uh, the Reading Glasses podcast has one too. So we have 12 different reading challenges that you can do. You can find the whole sheet at our website or all over our social media or on Overdrive's blog, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you complete all 12 of the challenges and either send us a screenshot or a JPEG or for some reason you want to fax it to us because <laughs> it's 1993, uh, send it to us on our beeper. At the end of this year, we will pick some winners and we'll give away some, de- some devices. So we are going to give you some reading recommendations to help out with that. And one thing I noticed when I was picking the recommendation ones we're going to do today, a lot of ours are very personal, like, hey, read a book from someone who is a different nationality or religion than you. So that's can be guessing at everyone else mm-hmm. at that. So the ones we picked were kind of across the board. So today we're going to do books written by two or more authors, a book that has appeared on the ALA's Frequently Challenged book list, an audiobook of a memoir or autobiography read by the author, and then a retelling of a classic book, fairy tale, or play. Do we just want to go around the two rooms? <laughs> the rooms. The rooms, Pearl. Let's do it. Okay. Jill, did I forget anything? I don't think so. All right, I cool. think that's all of it. It's making sure. All right, so we'll start with books written by two or more authors. Is that kosher? Yeah? Okay. 
All right, Kristen, you want to pick one first? I would love to. So I got a little bit creative with this just because when I was thinking about two or more authors, the first thing I thought about was comics and graphic novels. Since Ooh, that's so yes. smart. That's, that's a good so good. That's a good yeah. Because I was like, you have two different stories. You have the actual written out dialogue that the characters are talking to each other with. And then you actually have um, the drawing and what the artist did, which conveys a, another story on top of it. So um, I've been on a Marvel kick lately. We just got Marvel Comics here at Overdrive. So I've been very excited about that and trying to give them to everyone. Um, and so I chose Miss Marvel, Ms. Marvel, uh, by G. Willa Wilson and Adrian Alfona. Uh, and this is the first volume, and it's the story of Ka- uh, Kamala Khan, who, after going to this like crazy party, something weird happens, and all of a sudden she has all the powers that Captain Marvel has. Uh, and so she's trying to kind of manage these newfound powers along with uh, dealing with regular high school stuff and also dealing with uh, her family's expectations and her own expectations for how to live as um, a Muslim young lady in uh, a very modern uh, New Jersey town so it's so good it's been out for a while a few years and so if you haven't read it I would highly suggest it I should also mention we'll put all the books we're going to talk about in the show notes, so don't worry about writing them down. But that's a real I, I really like what you did there. Yeah. That was really <laughs> um, so that was Miss Marvel, you said, right? Yes. Also, good job marketing Overdrive stuff, saying we just got the Marvel comics. <laughs> Congratulations. That was wonderful. Good team. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Really good thought leadership there. Um, Emma, how about you? Uh, sure. So the first, I have two uh, recommendations from two different sets of Authors. The first one is The Royal We by Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. This um, book came out, I believe, in 2016, and I think predicted Meghan Markle and Prince Harry um, because it's an American girl who's, you know, a commoner, and she falls in love with a prince um, and sort of navigates that. And um, the authors of this book also run a website whose name I will not say because it sounds like another word, even though it's not a curse word. Oh, I um, always have a stand. But I would recommend, <laughs> I would recommend checking them out because they're hilarious. Um, but this book was funny. Uh, it's sort of romancy and charming and well-written and has a delightful cover. Um, and who doesn't like a royal romance? If you don't, don't tell me. <laughs> um, and then the other suggestion I had for this is a couple of recent books from Christina Lauren, which is the combined pen name of two people, Christina and Lauren. Um, and so I would recommend Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. This follows Josh and Hazel, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really I'm really selling these books here. Um, and so Hazel is a lot. She thinks she's got a big personality. She's not super into dating. Josh has known Hazel a long time and just kind of sees her as, you know, a spectacle, an acquaintance, you know, just somebody that's kind of entertaining. Um, But after they both have sort of bad dating experiences, they turn to each other um, as friends and set each other up on progressively terrible um, double blind dates. And I think it's clear something romantic um, (laughs) sort of sparks out of them um, just spending time together. So both of those are cute, charming, um, very light and lovely. And I'm just in a rom-com mood. It's February. So there you go. I dig it. Jill, how about you? 
Um, I also have two. Uh, the first one is um, My Plain Jane by Cynthia Hand, Brody Ashton, and Jody Meadows. And this is a... Um, it actually works for one of the later ones as well, if you want, you know, have to pick one or the other. But um, it is a retelling of Jane Eyre. And it follows uh, aspiring author uh, Charlotte Bronte and supernatural investigator Alexander Blackwood as they are drawn together on the most um, epic ghost hunt this side of Wuthering Heights. So it's sort of... Um, ha. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> like, yeah, so it sort of turns the story of, of Jane Eyre uh, on its head a little bit. It's funny. I actually had uh, one of their other books, my plain, or no, my Lady Jane, right. as uh, another option for the written by two or more authors. And then they have another one coming out that... I can't remember what it's called, but it's about Calamity Jane. Nice. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. That's just there. Famous Janes. <laughs> Famous Janes. Yeah. It's, the series is something like Janesies or something. I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, really funny. Um, my other one for two authors is All the President's Men by Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodard. Somewhat. <laughs> we can't even get away from each other's lists when we're not doing monthly picks. <laughs> That's hysterical. Sorry. Talk, go ahead. No, talk you about can it. talk about it. No, if you I, want. Have, I have two other ones. Go okay. Ahead. So, <laughs> this seems like a very somewhat timely and relevant book. Um, <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> so, this is uh, two journalists, of course, um, and it's nonfiction. Um, investigated the Watergate break-in and the scandal and all of that fun stuff. It was a fabulous movie with Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. Yes. Um, it's a really good book, uh, you know, all about... I, I love anything investigative journalist and, um, again, somewhat timely. Yeah. It's, I, like I said, I also... <laughs> It's a running joke, Joe. I literally now we've gone from always knowing what it's going to be on each other's list to can't get away from each other's list. Uh, <laughs> I will do two as well since I had three, and then that was one of them. Uh, my first one is "Some Sing, Some Cry" by Intozake Shanga and Ifa Bayeza. They're uh, actually sisters who both changed their name in the middle of their mm-hmm. life, which is why they their names don't sound anything alike. Um, and it kind of reminds me of Roots, mm-hmm. where it's a story told of one family across seven generations, um, and it's this family that starts uh, at the beginning of the book is they're in slavery, and then it goes to their entire generations of families' uh, lives through uh, being freed and both world wars and the Harlem Renaissance and Vietnam and all this stuff. And it's a really wonderful, beautiful story. They're actually both award-winning playwrights, uh, one of them wrote The Ballad of Emmett Till, and the other one wrote uh, uh, For Colored Girls Who Have Committed Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough. Both of those were on Broadway and won a whole bunch of awards. So it's really beautiful. A uh, bit of a heavy read compared to what everyone else picked, of course, except for <laughs> except for all the President's men. <laughs> Jill, and I, Jill and I went dark uh, while you guys went light. Um, but those are really good. And then the Balance. other one... Just, what's that? Sorry, balance. Yeah, and then the other one I had, just because I can't not talk about Neil Gaiman like once a week, is Good Omens. So I don't have to talk about that. It's Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Are you excited for the Amazon show? I'm so excited about it. I'm so, so excited. I actually um, 
got to speak with an author whose name I will not give away who got to see the beginning of it and she was like it was the coolest thing I've ever seen so um, wait wait not only got to see it got to see it yeah like, and like hang out with Neil Gaiman yeah what? when we stop recording I'll tell you guys that story it's <laughs> really, it was like amazing. like she's okay. like are we recording so I was like no and she's like cool I have a story to tell you <laughs> uh, did you ha- I'm assuming uh, did you have another one did you just want to do the, we all accidentally did two yeah so I just yeah. want to make sure I didn't I'm good here. with I'm good with the one I picked yeah cool <laughs> QL um, okay, so we can do books that appeared on Frequently Challenged book list now. Um, let's start with Emma. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel like this is a super original pick, but it's I love this book so much that I'm just going to talk about it. And I meant to look up how to pronounce his last name because mm. I always mean to, and I did not, so sorry. Uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower. This was uh, most recently on the band or most challenge list, I think in 2014. Um, but I love this book. I just feel like it's so um, realistic of what it's kind of like, and not even only to be a teen navigating life, but just like life is hard sometimes. Um, and so I just love the way this was written. I think this is a great book. Um, it obviously does have things that are a little bit inappropriate for a younger audience, so I would definitely recommend high school and older. Um, but I love this book, and it's Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen. Oh gosh, Chabosky? I don't know if that's right. I think it's Chabotsky, Ch- like but, um, Robin in How I <laughs> yeah. Met Your Mother. Um, but and this is actually a, a book where I have a tough time deciding whether or not I like the book or movie better um, because they were both so well done, and he directed the film as well, I believe. So, that's anyways, awesome. thumbs up, to, thumbs up to that. Really well done. Um, that's mine. And nice. then the other one I have, if we're going to do two, or should I wait? Um, you can do a second one. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, this, is not, this is not super original, but uh, I would recommend Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm going to put it on the list. But <laughs> because How many actually times has Harry Potter shown up in your show notes? Oh, God. I, I actually kind of want to do a search when, when we get we done. We should count. Yeah. yeah it's a, a few. Yeah, maybe one or two. A few, yeah. But no, in all seriousness, I feel like we're to the point now where there are still a large group of people who have never read Harry Potter. Yeah, they're called monsters. (laughs) No, whether it's because they're, I mean, A, probably too young to read it at this point, or they were, quote, too old to read it when it came out and just never got around to it. Um, And I would encourage all of those people to read it because it's not just for children. There are the people where it's like, oh, man, it just got too hot. I don't want to read it mm-hmm. anymore. And it's like, no, you should read it. You should read so it. So if you're one of those people, just read it. And the, I'm sorry. My husband is in this camp. He's like, I've seen the films. No. <laughs> <laughs> read the How books. How can you be married to an overdrive person? Read the books. Oh, um, no, because, no. He actually doesn't even have a library card. This what? beyond the saying. So... Emma. The struggle. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I would Jill just... Jill just gave Emma, like, a I know. Stare. Worst, like, I've tried, you guys. Um, but just, I would just encourage people to read it. It's a digital card. Just, like... Exactly. I'll just sign him, him up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, because he's kind of in, the, in, that, in that age group where um, he was, you know, too old to read it when it came out because it was sort of touted as children's books. And um, now he's like, oh, I've seen the movies, so I don't want to go back and read it now. Um, so I, I've contemplated getting the audio and just playing it in our house um, or just reading it aloud to him. <laughs> so, 
that's all. This is Someone else can talk now. <laughs> uh, Joe, Joe, go ahead. Okay, so my two books that have appeared on um, Aliens Frequently Challenge list. The first one is The Bluest Eye by Tony Morrison from uh, nearby Lorraine County. Or Lorraine What's City. up? What's up, Tony? <laughs> my hometown. <laughs> um, I love The Bluest Eye. It and I will admit, there's some graphic scenes in there um, dealing with sexual assault, but it is so beautifully written. Like, the whole book, including those scenes, which is really weird to say, but uh, Tony really does have a, a gift for words, um, so I highly recommend that one. And then the other one is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I had that, too! Yeah, <laughs> of course, of all three of us. Did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That was okay. like, did you know that from 1990 to 1999, that was the most... A challenged book. I kind of understand. I, I mean, those drawings are so right? creepy. creepy. Oh, I love them. Yeah, I, <laughs> they're so terrible. Have I you seen the trailers oh, for the movie? The, oh, we. I yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen them because I like all cap Slack messaged you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen the trailer or like the teaser trailer? I saw a teaser trailer. That's with what I mean. The, yeah, like the girl trailers. in the mirror with mm-hmm. the spiders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. so good. Oh no. We should have like a whole episode that's just scary stories. Oh, as, as soon as it is like comes out, we're gonna do like what we do with it. We'll go see oh, it yeah. and we'll give like a three hour breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> and this part, um, okay, yeah, scary stories is great. Uh, Kristen, do you have a couple? A one? A um, I now have. I, I have one, which Sorry. is I'm fine with that. <laughs> I was sitting here being like, I'm really excited to talk about scary stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? What do you do? You have like a favorite of the? Let's put you on the spot. Yeah, actually, well, so one of my favorite stories from that was the one where it's like, I think it's a jump scare kind of a one where you're supposed to tell it out loud to someone. Yeah. Um, And so it was like, you're in the house and you're searching around the house and all of a sudden you walk down the basement stairs and there's something down there. And I can't remember exactly how it ends, nor do I want to give it away. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but there's some sort of a jump scare in it that you're supposed to like tell it allowed to a person and like clap your hands really oh loud gosh. and it spooks them cool can we edit that <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> well you probably got him but i might just leave it in just like see she was right she got it. <laughs> um but the book I'll, I'll talk about other than that one is uh grendel by john gardner uh which is also a crossover for a retelling uh, it's uh, Beowulf told from the perspective of the monster Grendel. Uh, and what I loved about this book is that it's not just a straight up and down retelling from the monster's perspective. It's very philosophical. It is um, about this creature kind of coming into the world and figuring out his place. And it kind of progresses through that. It's a very short book, but it contains a punch. It's just... It was awesome. I read it when I was, um, I think, in college, and it was just the right time for it because it really does talk about uh, self-actualization and uh, finding your own personal philosophy through, uh, and Grendel does that by kind of being beat up on and then also talking to other creatures in his world and just uh, taking in the world around him. So I loved that book. I think a lot of kids had to read it in school. I don't know if they still do or not, but I thought it was great. Nice. Uh, my my two that I've got is Of Mice and Men by John Seinbeck. That was I, the, the two that I have are um, books that I read in my like honors English class when I was a senior, and they both really, really stuck with me. We actually had 
a lot of books that stuck with like that. Shout out to Mrs. Mahoney if she listens because <laughs> she we had a bunch of we also did um uh Hills Like White Elephants mm-hmm. that year. Yeah, we had a whole bunch of like amazing book stories that stuck with me. But A Lesson Before Dying is um a story it's by Ernest J. Gaines and it is the story of a young man who returns to like nineteen forties Cajun country to teach and he visits a, a black youth on death row for a crime he didn't commit. And it's just the story of their conversations back and forth. It's kind of like In Cold Blood, if In Cold Blood had a person who wasn't guilty and a horrible person in jail. Um, so not like In Cold Blood at all, I guess. <laughs> but it's really good that the lessons really stuck with me. And it's pretty sad. It's pretty... Um, it, a Lesson Before Dying is, is very... Very kind of, it's very serious, but it was really, really good. And it's all about compassion. And um, and then Of Mice and Men is like the first thing I ever read with huge amounts of foreshadowing in it. And I just remember at the end being like awed and blown away by it. So, um, And fun fact, I don't know if I ever talked about this. When we finished reading uh, Of Mice and Men in that class, we then um, watched Of Mice and Men that had John Malkovich in it. And that was the first time I'd seen that. And then I went home that night and watched Rounders. So I saw John Malkovich <laughs> play Lenny and then play Teddy KGB in the same day. And I was like, John Malkovich is the greatest actor in the world. <laughs> so I've always remembered that just being like, wow, what range this man has. Oh, as evidenced by his scene in being John Malkovich when like he goes into the John Malkovich mind. And I love that scene. Yeah. It's uh, Malkovich everywhere. Malkovich. Malkovich speaking, Malkovich. Of, speaking of John Malkovich, there was a movie on Netflix that just came out, um, Velvet Buzzsaw. That is, he's in it, and this has nothing to do with books, but uh, it's this, it's all about these art critics, and Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. It was, like, the main thing on Netflix, or, like, oh, all last week. I've seen the meme. Yeah, so it's really... <laughs> it's oh, all, that's what that's from. Yeah. <laughs> it, the meme. It's all about this, these paintings that, like, they, some people think they're evil, like, do they come to life? All I could think of is Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters the whole time, but it's really, really good, and John Malkovich is just... John Malk, he's like the most John Malkovich in it. By like he does, I feel like he's not acting in it. He's just like they're like stand in the corner and be John Malkovich, and he's like I can do that. <laughs> and then he did, and then I found five dollars. That was a terrible story. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I want to do audiobooks of a memoir or autobiography read by the author. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, let's do that. Uh, Jill, okay, I have two. First one is uh, Gabrielle Union. We are going to need more wine. It was so good, you guys. Do you guys listen to it? I highly recommend the audiobook, obviously. Like, that's why I put it down. But always always need more wine. Yeah, we always need more wine. She, like, she tackles a lot of different topics from, like, Hollywood. She has this whole section on 10 Things I Hate About You, which is just delightful when she talks about Heath. Um, And her her marriage and raising um, black boys in America today. I mean, it covers a wide range of things, but it's really well done and... You know, she's an actress. She does comedy. She has that that right tone to kind of to read um, this book. And then the other one is In Pieces by Sally Field. Just Sally Field. Like, what more more do you need? (laughs) I just, the way you just described that, I feel like that's how a lot of the ones that I always listen to. And like when I describe, like when someone's like, give me an audiobook recommendation, I just like tell them, they're like, why? I'm like, because it's that person. Like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's okay. Those are my two. Okay. Uh, Kristen. Um, I have three. 
Uh, this is making up for when I just had one in the other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first one I had down is Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl by Carrie Brownstein. Uh, this one's a couple years old, but it is a great story, and she is an awesome narrator. So Carrie Brownstein is known, you might know her from Portlandia um, or her band Sleater Keeney. Uh, and her memoir is about growing up in the Pacific Northwest during, uh, you know, the Pussy Riot music scene and kind of coming up with all of those artists and the women that she uh, really who inspired her and who she collaborated with. And then also about forming uh, Sleater Keeney uh, and her relationships with the band members uh, and also her mental illness. I remember listening to this book and then immediately making a Spotify playlist of all the artists and songs she talked about. So if you really enjoy music, uh, if you enjoy kind of uh, that Northwestern music scene, the grunge of the 90s, I would say highly recommend listening to this book. It was awesome. Uh, The next one is Party of One by Dave Holmes. Have any of you listened to this one or read it? I have not, but I'm familiar with Mr. Holmes. Yes. So he was in MTV VJ back when they had, uh, like, Make Me a MTV VJ contest, and he happened to be the runner-up. So he talks about how he was a, and Slash is a huge, like, music and pop culture nerd, uh, and mostly for things in the 80s and 90s. It's about his childhood and how he just loved all of these bands and people and about kind of being closeted for a while and then finally coming out and accepting himself. It's hilarious. I remember driving home and uh, driving back from Cleveland to Chicago and listening to this and just laughing and crying. It's it's such a good listen. And this is another one where you're going to want to have some sort of music service ready to listen to all the songs after. <laughs> he actually does a Spotify. Um, I can't think of which. Uh, but I don't. I can't think of which. Uh, like channel it's on. But he does a Spotify show once a week where he does like an hour long uh, show of like specific a specific theme and he just picks music all around that specific theme. It's really, really cool. It's really cool how he does it. And I've heard a lot of new music because of Mr. Holmes. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and my last one is Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I love Steve Martin. I've always been a huge fan of his. Uh, and this is obviously read by him. And it's about, uh, if you only know him from movies, which is where I knew him from because I'm not that old. No offense. (laughs) (laughs) But he did stand up in like the 70s. So Mm -hmm. that was before my time. Uh, But he's talking about how he got into stand up, kind of what made him uh, think to do it. And it's just interesting because he talks about being, you know, kind of shyer and how it wasn't something that he gravitated towards at first and you know how he was a banjo player and that's something that he very much used in his stand-up and yeah so it was just it was a really interesting read about his philosophy behind stand-up and then just about what got him started and where he went uh speaking of his stand-up you should watch his he did a netflix special last year with martin short that was like I, I am a huge comedy nerd, so I, though not being that old, <laughs> did know all of I, I'm like, I worship, like, good stand-up, and his is amazing, and him and Martin Short, they, it's very, very funny. It's like a, 
old variety style show, like Smothers Brothers type of thing, which he used to be on. And it's it's so absurd and, and perfect. And he does play a bunch of banjo in it. So. Yeah, he does. He's a great banjo player. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, like, he has yeah. Like, albums. Yeah, yeah. They are excellent. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, I love Steve Martin. <laughs> Jill, you want to go? Jill already, already went. went. Jill, you already went. <laughs> Emma, did I? Wait, I'm out of order. Sorry, I started with Jill. I can go. Emma, sorry. <laughs> we'll get you some coffee after we... I actually would love that. Uh, film, after we record this. Um, so the two books that I have are... Um, one is an oldie but a goodie, Yes, Please, by Amy Poehler. Um, this was one of the first audiobooks I listened to, I feel like, in modern times uh, through Overdrive that I really like actually got into audiobooks more um, since my inclination is not to listen to audio. I just prefer to read them. Um, But this one was so good. She's hilarious. Um, The other people that she brought in uh, to read some sections of her book were hilarious and I felt really just engaged and into it. And I just feel like it's such a delight. I don't know. Oldie it's, but a goodie. Yeah, it's I very, like very good. good. Um, and then the second one that I would recommend is from 2018. This came out in October of last year. And it is This Will Only Hurt a Little by Busy Phillips. Um, to be honest, I had sort of known about her, obviously, from some of her movies and Freaks and Geeks and um, Cougar Town and things like that. But I will say I did actually, you know, fall in love with her from Instagram stories like I'm sure a lot of people did and so this book really is um, kind of like a confessional or a diary style Um, and she really delves into her childhood um, life in Hollywood um, being best friends with Michelle Williams she also touches on when Heath Ledger died um, Dawson's Creek And kind of a whole bunch of things. And then also when kind of her Instagram stories took off. Um, And now she has a late night talk show and all kinds of things. So this was really nice. Um, If you enjoy her Instagram stories or her performances in, um, you know, any of her TV shows, this is very much in the same sort of tone as I feel like just her little Instagram snippets are in. Um, And it's just very relatable and very real, which I think is refreshing because, Um, We might not see that on Instagram or on the internet where you have all these celebrities going to the Oscars and whatnot. And um, in some of them, she's just very down to earth, like, no, it kind of sucked. Or before this, I had no money and all those kinds of things. So she does a really good job of kind of balancing um, the challenges of of how she got to where she is, but then also um, some of the fun things that obviously only she would be in a position to do. And I will stop babbling. No, to you. I enjoyed. I enjoyed your babble. <laughs> on to you. As David Gray would say, "Babble on." What's up? That's an old music <laughs> joke. Thank you. I was like, somebody better laugh. That's so stupid. But I'm like, okay, don't encourage the babble. <laughs> yeah. mm. I, I laughed. Thank you. That's all I was hoping for. Um, all right, my first one is "Still Fooling Them" by Billy Crystal. Uh, much in the same vein as. Steve Martin and Martin Short and all, like I he's just an incredible stand-up comedian and Billy Crystal has a wonderful background in Broadway and he grew up uh, with his father owning a, a music store so he got to like meet all of these famous uh, like jazz musicians and like famous jazz musicians would babysit him while his dad was running errands and just all this crazy stuff and um, talks about how he uh, was up and coming and like 
he did this stand. It's pretty famous now, but he did this speech uh, when he was doing stand up before anyone had discovered him. He did this incredible impersonation of Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali. And somebody happened to randomly see it and they said, we're doing this huge thing at ESPN to honor Muhammad Ali. Would you come do it? And like no one knew who Billy Crystal was really at that point. So he's like, uh, sure. So he goes on stage and he's a little tiny white Jewish guy doing Muhammad Ali's voice in front of Muhammad Ali, who has never seen him before. And Muhammad Ali looks at him and then starts laughing and then (laughs) goes up to him after and tells everyone that's his new little brother. And then for the rest of their lives, Billy Crystal and Muhammad Ali were like best friends, which makes me so happy. And um, so it's really good. I love, like, I Billy Crystal was one of those people where, like, a lot of times when celebrities pass away, we're always like, oh, man, I really should have spent more time, like, really being excited that that person was amazing. Billy Crystal, in my mind, like, every day I wake up, I'm like, you know who I'm really glad is still around? <laughs> Billy Crystal. Uh, so that's uh, still fooling him. He also has 700 Sundays, which was a, a Broadway show for a while, and it was also on HBO, which was really good as well. Um, Heartland by Sarah Smarsh. She was on the podcast recently, but I can't stress enough how wonderful her book is. Um, it's about her growing up in Kansas and being a fifth generation farmer in Kansas and from this really transient, uh, poor family and how she kind of, um, I don't want to say like escaped that, but like broke the mold and decided to, uh, you know, do a little bit more with her life than that. And then she just talks about, um, poverty in uh, the rural areas of our country and how it's uh, often looked over and people don't really think about it. So it's really, really good. Um, and then I just can't not talk about uh, Carrie Ells, As You Wish, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with him, I don't know where, you're, where you've been, but he's <laughs> famously in Princess Bride and Robin Hood Men in Tights and Liar Liar and all these different things. But As You Wish is basically his recounting of the story of how Princess Bride got made. And you have to listen to the audiobook because yep. he does all these interviews with like Rob Reiner and a bunch of the cast, and they tell really funny under the giant stories. Oh, it's so good! So, um, I went quickly through those, but those are mine. <laughs> all right, last ones we're gonna do is retelling of a classic book, fairy tale, or a play. Just shot in the dark. Did anyone else see the Hogarth Shakespeare books? No. Oh, wow. No. I'm not sure you guys would all have had those. No. no. I'm just going to start with those really quick. So if you are not familiar, there is this publisher called Hogarth, and they are actually still doing a few. There's uh, another one is coming out with, I think, Gillian Flynn next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do – they've taken a bunch of famous, well-known authors, and they are doing retellings of Shakespeare stories. So – uh, I just picked three, but there's like eight of them at this point. So there's Hagseed by Margaret Atwood, which is The Tempest. There's Shylock is My Name by Howard Jacobson, which is The Merchant of Venice. And then there's The Gap of Time by Jeanette Winterson, which is The Winter's Tale. So those are the three I've read, which are really, really good. But there's like literally, I think, eight of them. So if you are interested in Shakespeare or maybe can't, couldn't approach the classic stuff when you were younger and wanted to still understand the stories, those are really cool ways. They're like modern versions of Shakespeare, so got through those really quickly uh Kristen um I actually have four for this one but I probably won't talk about all of them uh two of them are based on like Russian fairy tales and folk tales yes uh so the first one I'll talk about is The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden that was part of the Winter Night trilogy she just came out with the final book in the trilogy um I absolutely adored this trilogy it is 
it takes place in medieval Russia, and it's about this young girl who uh, has special abilities. She can talk to these uh, spirits, like house spirits, things like that. And then spirits of the wood and uh, like the Winter King is is a big part of the whole trilogy. Uh, it, they are excellent, well-told, very interesting. And of course, they contain uh, some Russian folklore elements. And I was not very well uh, read in Russian folklore and fairy tales. And then I got very interested in them after reading the first book. So that one was awesome. Uh, the second one is The Snow Child by uh, Eowyn Ivy. I can't pronounce your name correctly. I think you actually got that right. Yes. I think so. Sounds, yes. E-O-I-N? Uh, E-O-W-Y-N. Ah. Mm-hmm. Eowyn. Uh, so this takes place in, I think it's like 19, early 1900s, Alaska. It's two, uh, an old married couple who have always wished for a child. And one day they go out and they build a snow girl. And the next day, uh, this little girl comes to their house and she, they take her in and it's kind of about where did she come from and them being parents and it's very much a winter read it is reminiscent of a cold dark winter night it's atmospheric and gorgeous uh it's also a little bit sad so if you're not in the mood for something that might make you tear up a little skip that one uh okay the next one uh i have not to cut you off wasn't that movie the odd life of timothy green like the tree version of this like his two parents wish yeah. about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, wasn't it kind of? It was yeah, like they yeah. wish, like they planted a tree or something, uh-huh. and Timothy Green just yeah. pops up. It's based on uh, like a Russian uh, or a Slovakian uh, folktale called like the Snow Child or yeah. something like I just that. Meant, but, I just meant yes. the odd life of Timothy I Green. I understand. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> that, that was just like I was like, wow. I feel like this is the same. What about? throwback gosh when was that one i don't i just remember listening to the how did this get made yeah podcast about it where they (laughs) talk about it and make fun of it so so child is better than (laughs) probably uh i'll keep on the folktale chain for right now yeah um where the mountain meets the moon by grace lynn is a juvenile uh tale about this little girl who is trying to help her i think it's her mom or dad or village it's been a bit since i've read this one but it's based on chinese folklore and it's kind of like a wizard of oz uh ask journey where she's looking for friends to help her and she has to go uh she's seeking oh my gosh i can't even tell the story of this book (laughs) but it was so good it was really really good i think this is one that a lot of middle schoolers have read in the classroom but i loved it i thought it was great and my last one sorry i'm trying to get through these you're good we're we're not really rushed for time (laughs) you know we're okay i also feel like i've talked for a while so that's my entire life (laughs) All right, the last one is My Lady's Choosing by Kitty Curran. Uh, and this one is a romantic choose-your-own-adventure story for adults. So good. It's so good. Uh, and it's got riffs on some of the quintessential romantic characters of literature. So we have the Mr. Darcy character, uh, Heathcliff slash Mr. Rochester, uh, Jamie from Outlander, and then Amelia Peabody, if anyone knows her, she was a 
what early 1900s um like egyptian explorer lady so they're all kind of i think based on those characters and you can go through and at all of the adventures and it was just it was really fast read i feel like choose your own adventure reads usually are and I just loved it. It was so fun. There's no way Kitty Curran is her real name. There's no <laughs> way. I don't believe that. It has to be a nom de plume. I would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. Um, I, why don't you two go? I don't care. You, you guys pick. I'll go. Yeah. All right. So I have three. One of them is kind of a cheat, though. So my first one is um, uh, Blade So Black by L.L. McKinney. This is an urban fantasy version of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. I saw this. This looks so good. <laughs> um, so Alice, uh, and it's a it's a diverse read. She's black. Um, Alice, you know, is trained to battle these monsters that come at um, nighttime, and she goes into this like dark underworld known as Wonderland with magic weapons and fighting skills. But in the real world, you know, she's like any teenager. She has an overprotective mom. Her friend is, like, super high maintenance, and her GPA is slipping. I feel like having to go fight monsters, like, that would happen. Um, But then her mentor is poisoned, and Alice has to delve deeper into Wonderland than she's ever been before. And um, it just sounds really good. Like, it's so good. And I think it's a trilogy. It is. Yeah, I think so. Like, this is the first in a a series. Um, My other one, second one, is called The Winters. By fucking oh, I want to read this right, Lisa uh, uh, Gabrielle. Okay, to be fair, I'm not sure what we're defining as classic book, <laughs> but this is a retelling of Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca. What? I don't I know. Think that's a retelling. It's our challenge. It's a retelling. <laughs> I think. No, I know good. it's a retelling, but it's like a retelling of a classic book. I'm like, I think is? that's classic. Okay, Joe, we came up with these together. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't define classic, I don't think. I think that counts. I, I think I think that but yeah, counts. Yeah. Okay, no, I anyway. Think that counts. Whatever. So <laughs> we never discussed terminology. <laughs> For oh classic. Oh look, I'm just Okay. No one's gonna yell at you. We made this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's wiggle room. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, this is a retelling of um <laughs> of Rebecca. Where, again, uh, a young woman is off to marry um, this guy, Max Winter. He's a wealthy politician and recent widower. He has a teenage daughter named Danny, who I'm assuming is the Mrs. Danvers in this one. And um, I I love Rebecca. I've talked about it many times. And I've been on hold for this one for a while. I'm really excited to read it. (laughs) Does the main character have a name? I don't think so. I know. She's stuck to that one. Um, and my third one, again, somewhat of a cheat because it's not a retelling of... Again, our, our list. Okay, I'm aware of that. <laughs> I'm just a disclaimer for our listeners. <laughs> it, is not, it is not a retelling of a book or, or anything. It's actually a retelling of history, and it's the Dead, Queens Co- the Dead Queens Club by Hannah Capen, and it is a modern high school version of Henry VIII and his six wives. Ooh. <laughs> Here's a fun thing, though. So Henry, he's a jock, and he's you know, like the prom king essentially um, of the high school. And the main character is new. Her name is Annie. She's from Cleveland, so oh. they call her Cleves. So she's Annie Cleves. Oh Come oh. on, man, it's just genius. Oh, yes. That's so good. So I've not read this one yet. I'm super excited though. It's like the TV show Clone High that I always talk about. 
No one knows what Clone High is. No. There was a cartoon show on MTV when I was in high school. It was only on for one season, and it was all of these clones of famous people that were going through high school together. So it was like the clone of Abraham Lincoln and the clone of uh, Cleopatra and the clone of Joan of Arc and Gandhi and all these people. And they knew that they were clones, and it was they were having this existential crisis, but it was also like hilarious. And this is, it sounds very much like that. And. I feel like I've been waiting 300 episodes to talk about Clone High, and I'm stuck with that. Yeah, I'm so, yeah, he's, so Henry, yeah, Henry is the jock, and, like, the guy, and he's on his sixth girlfriend in two years. Huh. Two of them are dead, but no one's like, that's, like, totally normal. That's <laughs> not weird. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. I just put this book on hold. Yeah. I actually put both books you talked about on hold. There you go. You're welcome. As we sit here. Also, Clone High was created by the people who made Scrubs. I'm just saying, bringing it back around <laughs> if people want. <laughs> Watch it. It's so good. Um, Can you find it anywhere? I I mean, I own the, the Blu-ray, so. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I, it's probably streaming on some, like, That's dedication. Swedish Netflix. That is dedicated. Sweet. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I'm going to some books. Okay. So my two choices for retelling. Uh, the first one is Boy Snowbird by Helen, oh gosh, Oyemi. Mm. Sorry. Apologies. Um, I didn't look up how to pronounce people's names. Um, but this is a Snow, Snow White retelling um, from a couple of years ago. It's beautifully written. Um, and it sort of takes the classic fairy tale and pushes it into a whole new direction. And um, I feel like this author is really great at, you know, obviously redoing something and completely making it their own where you're reading and you notice sort of the familiar bits um, from these classic tales and these fairy tales but then you kind of get to the end and it's completely different than how you thought it would be Um, and she has a new book that comes out in March which is also kind of a retelling it's called Gingerbread Um, and the covers of her books are stunning just as a side visual note look them up Um, but Gingerbread is a retelling I don't know, like kind of riff on how gingerbread is like magical. It's in classic children's stories. Um, There's mention of um, Hansel and Gretel and all kinds of other things. But uh, if you're interested in fairy tales and sort of that magical realism and literary fiction, I would recommend checking out her stuff. And that was two for the price of one because it's the same author. Um, But the other one that I have is a retelling of Jane Eyre because – I guess that's just what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> um, but it is a different retelling. It is Jane Steele by Lindsay Fay. Um, and this book opens with Reader, I Murdered Him. Um, so if you're not hooked at that, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but this is a gothic retelling, and it follows Jane Steele, um, who's kind of down and out on her luck. She navigates or sort of seedy London Um and rights wrongs on behalf of, you know, those less fortunate than herself, all while kind of avoiding getting arrested and getting in trouble. Um, but when her aunt passes away, she kind of gets intrigued by who takes over her old estate called Highgate House. Um, and his name is Mr. Thornfield. Um, and naturally, he seeks a governess. So what better um, you know, thing to do than apply and take that position and try and suss out if she is the heir um, to Highgate or not. Um, this was really good. It's so unique. It's not like anything I've read before. And if you're interested in sort of any of the gothic-y thriller 
um, style of books, I would highly recommend checking this out. That is all. <laughs> um, I love that we had like one or two each for uh, books by two or more authors. And then for retellings, we were like, here's 35 <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah. It's a great category. It was a great category. Yeah. Man, whoever came up with this list. <laughs> Well done. Thanks. Um, I had actually one more I forgot to talk about. It's The Forest Queen by Betsy Cornwell. It's a gender-bent Robin Hood, so it's wonderful. Yeah, really, really fun. Uh, All right, that was a lot of book recommendations. It's actually like 40 of them. I have them all written down. They're all in the show notes. Um, But seriously, if anyone wants to go, if anyone's heard of Clone High, just please tweet at us. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about Clone High with someone, so if if you watched it, please tweet at us. any other other things you guys would like to talk about? What do you think? How how do we do? I think we did pretty well. I think pretty, we did well pretty too. Pretty happy. Jill, did I forget anything? I don't think so. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you as always, ladies. Your treasures. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.